Welcome to the Industrial IoT Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. While IoT devices may be an integral part of most of our lives, many areas in rural America are still unconnected or underconnected. Pete Danagi, president and co-founder of Internet of Things America, joins us today to talk about why this is an issue worth targeting and how he and the industry are approaching the daunting task. How you doing, Pete? I'm well, Elmer. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking. So let's just start at ground level. Why don't you tell us a little bit about IoT America and what you do there? Great. So Internet of Things America is a managed service provider for rural America. So what we are doing is we are managing Internet of Things solutions for farmers, for ranchers, for growers, for small towns, and any type of rural application, including oil and gas. Um, We are standing up um, networks to connect the unconnected, or we are going and working with rural broadband carriers and rural cellular carriers to extend network coverage and provide connectivity where it's usually lacking. So most people in rural America these days have some sort of connectivity to the farmhouse, to the ranch. However, it doesn't extend to the field. And our value proposition is to help farmers, growers, ranchers extend connectivity to the field so they can improve productivity, yields, and integrity of the crops and or the herds that they're working. Right. So can you try and contextualize this issue for us a little bit? Why is this something that needs to be targeted? You know, that's a great question. So the Internet of Things, of course, is all about taking sensor data, moving it through the network into the cloud so that the data can become actionable. And then from an actionable perspective, we can look at historic, current, and predictive future trends to make whatever you're doing work better. If you look at industrial IoT, they've been doing this for quite a while. On the manufacturing line, they now look at you know duty records, service records, production logs, um, to see how lines work, how they're improved, and how they can do maintenance schema. Well, the same type of technology can be very valuable for farming and ranching applications. The problem at hand is, while you have maybe connectivity to the farmhouse via fiber or DSL through rural broadband carriers, or maybe you live close enough to an iRoad um, and you have you know 4G or 3G connectivity to the farmhouse, very rarely does the connectivity extend throughout the 10,000 acre field. And you need to have sensor connectivity to the back part of the field, the central part of the field, and the front part of the field, and the same, of course, with a ranch, um, to make sure and ensure that you have, you know, good utilization. So we are working to solve those connectivity issues. And what, what so far, what have you found are some of the biggest obstacles to solving some of these issues? Well, so the biggest obstacles right now that are in rural America is is that cellular carriers, you know, build LTE infrastructure, 
you know, to go forward and, and drive revenue predominantly on smartphones, right? So they build a network to go and to, to you know, attract users with, you know, iPhones, Samsung Galaxy, you know, GS7s, or whatever type of device they might have. Well, sensor data and sensor connectivity is very low revenue for a wireless carrier. So when they architect their LTE infrastructure builds, they're architecting it for the road and, and the close, close proximity to the road, right? Which would include, you know, let's say the residents. Well, if you have a large farm, you know, the wireless connectivity is not gonna carry out. And the problem becomes intensified as you go west of the Mississippi River. When you start looking at where crops are grown in America, where herds are tended in America, you typically go where, the, where it's generally unpopulated. 40% of American land mass has very suspect cellular coverage. And what we look to do is take the infrastructure that's available today and extend it so we can go and have sensors in the field. So let's back up a little bit. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved in this industry? Yeah, this is great. So um, so last year was the 40th anniversary of me learning how to program Fortran on punch cards. So I'm pretty old. And um, I, uh, I've had a long storied career. I worked with GTE. Uh, I was vice president at Global Crossing, worked for EDS, um, and certainly had a long career at Accenture, um, and I was the general manager of enterprise mobility uh, for the United States uh, at Samsung. So on the Samsung Galaxy devices, I, I actually uh, worked on several of the large uh, deployments from an enterprise mobility perspective, including their Safe and Knox product. Um, but we always had purview into IoT, and I worked on some very cool IoT projects throughout my career. Uh, at Accenture, I worked on some projects like CN Rail or the United States Postal Service. At Samsung, um, we built a vending machine for a large company based in Atlanta. Um, probably couldn't figure that out. And I, obviously, at Cap, I worked at Capgemini as well. We did many large projects. And I've been around IoT or M2M for quite a long time. Um, also, I've had my own consultancy for quite a long time and speak at many conferences. So last year, I was the closing keynote speaker at the Royal Brand Band Association's technical conference. And I was asking them about adoption of low-powered wide area network technology. And I was quite surprised at how few people were really investigating that. We looked at the problems why, and we found that most small rural broadband carriers, most small rural wireless carriers, and we're not talking about AT&T or Verizon, um, have not gone into these type of technologies because they don't have large data centers. They don't have analytics engineers. They don't have big data scientists on staff, and it's hard to get economies of scales to stand these things up. At IoT America, we came to the conclusion that if we could stand this up as a service bureau and work on a go-to-market basis with the smaller carriers actually covering the 40% of the land mass of the United States, we indeed could help drive significant yield improvements for agriculture. Right. So is there anything specific you can pull from 
your past professional ventures that is really serving you at IoT right now? Well, yeah. Um, so, you know, one of them is deploying sensor networks for CN Rail. Um, when I was at Accenture, we did a, pro a, a project where we put sensors on rail cars for Canadian National, which is the largest railroad in North America, where we tracked cars and and velocity and impact and idle time and of course if they were carrying you know uh, gases or liquids we tracked that as well and um, you know the ability to take the sensor data and uh, make that functional um, you know ports very well into doing this uh, it's really IOT works the same in all industries the use cases clearly are different and that's what drives it right so going back to the connectivity issues in rural America, what about that is important to you, I guess? Why, why do you think it's a problem that needs solving outside of the, the obvious lack of, of connectivity some of these locations have? But how does this affect people's daily lives or, or, or routines in these rural environments? So this is probably the most impactful, least serviced element of industrial IoT in America. So right now, um, the there are uh, fewer farmers than there ever have been before. There are fewer acres of land being farmed than at any time in American history. Um, the average age of the American farmer is increasing, yet the in, in, the indigent population has just hit 315 million people in the United States, and that's not nearly growing at the pace as it is worldwide. Worldwide, there are 7.1 million people in the world. By 2050, I mean, billion people. By 2050, there'll be 9 billion people in the world. We have less farmland available. We have fewer natural resources. And yet we have to feed more people. The only way to do that is to drive efficiency. Um, when I go, when you talk about resources, 70% of all water used in the United States goes to agriculture, okay? And it is not something we make more of. It's a renewable resource, no doubt, but if we can use it more efficiently and more efficiently, we can go forward and, and deliver better value, better use, and better crops. One of the big problems with crops right now is waste. By using IoT, we can go forward and minimize the waste. We can enable the supply chain, and quite candidly, we can certainly um, invigorate farm-to-table utilization, both for organic and, you know, um, chemically grown crops. Right? Uh, we can go forward and track, you know, you know your your meat supply, um, so that when you know you know where where your um, herd was born, how your herd ate where your form herd was processed and how that was delivered to your supermarket. So you can actually get a really good track of the quality of the sustenance that you're ingesting. And we think these are things that IoT can absolutely uh, deliver. And the only way to do that is to have sensors in the field. And the only way needed to do that is to extend the range. And that's what's important. Right. So expanding on that, what... What specifically have you witnessed within the last year, at least, in regards to like some trends within people trying to fix some of these connectivity issues in the, in rural America? Yeah, that's a great question, right? 
So um, if you look at the administration, um, the Trump administration has been very bullish on, um, you know, in their rhetoric on delivering, um, you know, infrastructure gains, especially from an IT perspective. If you look at the FCC, the FCC has been doing the same to broaden the reach into rural America for, for broadband and connectivity. Um, as a matter of fact, there are several reverse auctions about to hit to go forward and enable the connectivity into, into rural America. However, all of those programs, you know, address fiber deployments to, um, you know, and broadband deployments to reach people. What people aren't doing is delivering connectivity solutions to cover the entirety of the farm. Right, and that and, and that's an issue at hand. You know, if it, if a farm is ten thousand acres, how do you get the entire you know you know sensors to the entirety of the farm to make sure you know that you can you can deliver good data? Because the moisture content in the soil at the front of the farm is far different than the moisture content in the back. The tank, you know, a, a farm could have thirty water tanks, diesel tanks, propane tanks. Farmer can spend hours every day going around the farm, finding out, do I need to fill these tanks? If you have IoT sensors, they can look on their smartphone, their tablet, and instantaneously say, oh, you know, tank 16 needs to be filled. I'll go do that. And if farmers can save hours a day in productivity, they can directly impact that to yield and grow more and better crops. Right, right. So, Pete, I got one more question for you. Hmm? As a leader in this industry, what do you see on the horizon? What do you think we have to look forward to? How much progress have we done so far and how much is left to do? So, the good news is that low-powered wide area network technology has been, you know, is being deployed. And that's one of the things that we're using. So, we can actually put low-cost gateways in strategic locations in rural America. And by the deployment of one gateway, we can actually provide connectivity to up to 20,000 sensors over 75,000 acres. And we can do this at a fraction of the cost of LT. So the progress is, is very important. The progress is very exciting. And the, and the interest is exceptionally high. You know, we have we have opportunities right now where, you know, states and have come to us and said, can you provide connectivity networks for the 48 rural counties of our state? We have uh, opportunities where dairies have said, can you provide, you know, sensor tags for my 100,000 cows? Can you provide them for my, you know, my swine herd? You know, um the adoption and, and the ingestion is, is just starting, and it looks very promising, but we're still in early days. And um, one of the reasons why we're in early days is that before the low-powered wide area network technology really became standardized in the 2015-2016 timeframe, there was no solution. Now there are. And when I mean solutions, clearly you can build an LTE tower, LTE tower infrastructure for a million dollars and provide a solution. But the cell companies 
don't get an ROI for that. Right. We're using low powered wide area network technology. You can do that. You can do that same build for way less than, you know, you know, a hundredth of that cost. And that's what makes it cost effective. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with us today, Pete. Appreciate your time. Oh, thank you very much. We're very interested. And, um, you know, if uh, you'd like to learn more, you know, by all means, look at our website at www.iot-americas.com. And we'd be happy to help you out and talk to anybody who'd like. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pete. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to articles, podcasts, and video content for your favorite industries. I'm your host, Elmer Guardado. Have a good day.